Hello, and welcome to the official podcast of Bishop Malcolm Smith. These teachings are recorded live each week and provided not only here on the podcast, but at youtube.com. Simply go to youtube.com and look for Malcolm Smith webinars in the search engine there. We also want to invite you to go to www.malcolmsmith.org. There you will find other teachings by Malcolm, including books, videos, and MP3 downloads. And now, with this week's teaching, Bishop Malcolm Smith. And the Lord be with you, each one. And that is especially applicable to what we're looking at. This seems to be growing. I want to go back to the text that we were looking at um, the last time we were together, which is in Exodus in chapter 33. And last time we were together, and this time, you could say we, we are finding the anchor, the, the absolute definition of the phrase that then thereafter is found everywhere in Scripture. But this is where we understand it and it is defined. It's in Exodus chapter 33. And I might say this might be one of the most important words that I've spoken to you in a long time. I want you to listen with ears that are opened by the Holy Spirit. In verse 14, Exodus 33:14, and the Lord said, "My presence, notice that my pr- my presence will go with you." And I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. (laughs) If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Basically saying, call the whole thing off. They were at Sinai where the Ten Commandments had been given and were en route to the land of Canaan, their inheritance. But he's saying, we'll, we'll live here for the rest of our lives. As a Arab, we're Bedouins in the desert in their time. We don't want, don't, don't give us Canaan. Hey, unless your presence goes with us, call this whole thing off. We're not going anywhere. That's pretty strong language. Then verse 16, for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace or favor in your sight, except you go with us. So the definition of the Lord going with them, the Lord being with them, was that they had the presence of God with them and the favor, the grace of God with them. So, in this fashion... Your being with us and your being, your presence being with us, your favoring us, your blessing us in that fashion. So we shall be separate. Now, that's, that's a correct translation, but it doesn't give the full feeling and meaning of the word. The word separate there would be better understood as distinguished. Separate can just mean you're over there and I'm over here. But this word means in the midst of the world, rubbing shoulders with the word, you stand distinguished. 
I like that word, and it's, it's the better translation. So we shall be distinguished. We'll stand out, your people and I. We'll stand out distinguished from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. You found grace, favor in my sight. Now, right there, you have the unfolding definition of the phrase that is, I say, to in one sense dominate Scripture. It, it certainly is found throughout Old and New Testament as a description of the people of God. So it describes, let me just say it before we get into it, it describes the people of God. That's you, only you much more than the people that were spoken of here. These people, these were Israel of the Old Covenant under Moses. And the, the words we've just read were spoken to them and of them. But you and I, through the blood of Jesus Christ, by his resurrection, by his ascension and giving of the Holy Spirit, you are the people of God when every promise of God, when every design and desire of God has come to fulfillment in Jesus and the Holy Spirit given. So when I say you, the people of God, and I say the Lord is with you, um, just let your whole being open up to take in those words. And we're going to see that it means far more than it ever could mean to Moses and these people. The Lord is with you. Let me name you. Let me look into your eyes and tell you the Lord is with you. In infinitely more than Moses could ever imagine. It means that you are graced. You are favored. It means that you are distinguished. You belong to that company of people called believers, called the body of Christ. And, and that body and you as one of the individual members of that body, you stand in the midst, according to that verse, of all the peoples of the earth, you stand distinguished, you're set apart, you're different. That's who you are. That's who you are. You see, that is the most important question that I can ever pose to any person. Any, I cannot ask of myself a, a greater question. Of course, I, the, the very first is, who is God? And find him revealed in Jesus. But once we've got that straight, then, the question, then who am I? Who are you? What, what, what's your ID? It's terribly important. And, and in asking that question, I find, tragically, that there are vast numbers of people who've never even considered it. Who am I? I mean, seriously, who am I? Who are you? Every failure, 
that we have I'm, I'm speaking very carefully here I'm meaning every word every failure whether it be a failure in terms of my spirit life whether it be a failure in terms of my thinking whether it be the failure of my emotions whether it be failure in in body in action whether it be a failure in my work failure would you believe me if I said it springs from our not knowing our identity or also not only not knowing our true identity but having a false identity it means that every defeat I've had in life in the totality of life not not just in some vague spirit area but again I say your mind your emotions every defeat that you faced in your physical material life goes back in some fashion to your understanding or misunderstanding or not understanding of identity this this area of ignorance when I do not know my identity then that becomes the foul soil in which anxiety and worry and, and multiple fears spring forth all of that it's rooted it's got roots in not knowing who we truly are who are you now I wish I could speak much slower so this sinks in but we've only got so much time your identity who are you it's not your passport now that will get you through customs and immigration but it, that that just gives your name and a few facts about you which really mean very little if anything in terms of who am I who am I you'll see what I mean in a minute you you are not your social security number that that's a, a reflection of the mob mentality the collective they, they don't know your name they don't care to know your name they don't care to talk to you as a person any more than your doctor he looks at you as a piece of meat and the psychiatrist looks at you as just a brain hanging in space no no who are you you're much more than your social security number who are you and you go to conferences and there sits the tag on your chest you know and he says Malcolm Smith Bandera Texas I'm a million times more than my tag I'm a lot more than what people call me well let me go even further your identity my identity you are not who you think you are now that's a statement isn't it all those thoughts that race through our head quite a lot of them a large percentage of those thoughts and words that tumble through our heads every minute there are a lot to do with identity the, those those thoughts they're telling me who I think I am It's interesting I, I've said this more than once in the last few weeks um, that the the scientist and the yes, uh, neuroscientists say that 1200 words a minute go through our brain where 
they rush through, but they're articulated words inside of us. And they further say, 1,100 of those 1,200 words a minute, 1,100 of them are negative, shame-producing, putting ourselves down, despising ourselves. Isn't that incredible? What I think of myself, what I think I can be, what I think I can do, the evaluation of what I've done, all those thoughts about me. Oh, no, you're far, far more than that. Uh, In our own estimation, so many people um, think of themselves as insignificant, worthless, never amount to anything, never done anything worth... And, and so on. But, but even the best thoughts we have about ourselves to define ourselves, they're far too limited. They don't go far enough. Who are you? You, you are not what your family says about you. You're not even what your wife says about you or your children. You're not what your co-workers say about you. You are not what your resume says about you. You're not what the boss writes in his letter of recommendation. You're not what your fellow students say of you or think of you. Who are you? Oh, there is a depth to you and a reality to you that is beyond anything anyone has truly seen or looked at. You remember when, when Jesus announced himself in Nazareth and, and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Lord has anointed me, and this day this prophecy from Isaiah is fulfilled in your ears in me. He announced himself to be Messiah, announced himself to have come uniquely from God. And what was the answer of the people? Do you remember? He said, Who does he think he is? Is he not Joseph? Rather, is he not the son of Joseph, the carpenter? Good grief, who does he think he is? Standing there saying the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, saying that Isaiah is being fulfilled here in the synagogue in Nazareth. Who does he think he is? He's he's the carpenter's son. Were they ever wrong? You understand what I mean? And in early days, remember, Philip goes to Nathaniel and he's all excited. He says, we found him, we found him. And who have you found? We found this prophet from Nazareth, the son of Joseph. No, no, Philip, I appreciate your zeal and it's good, the, the level you're at. But you don't know who Jesus is. You're, you're right off. You're, you're wrong. And you see, persons look at you. Please hear me. I've never been more serious with you. Look, they look at you and they say he's an accountant. He, he's the husband of Mary, whatever. You know, and, and, and she's Janet. Uh, she's got three kids and, and, and on and on they go, defining you, saying this is who you are. No, they're wrong. They don't know who you are. They're looking at your outward who are you? you? You are not what your mother and father said about you. God bless them, and I mean it, but they didn't know. They laid on you all of the limitations of your ancestors that had been passed on to them 
like a baton in a relay race and now they're handing it to you this is who we are this is what you can do this is what you can't do limitations and all their fears they laid those on you and did so before you were four years old it, it was it was there and no you're not that you are not that and could I say this you're not your address you say because I'm speaking to some people on the south side of Chicago and I'm speaking to people over there on the east side of London yeah you're not your address because people would say you see because you you got that address well of course then we immediately sum you up and say then you must fit this category which isn't nice you see no you're not your address you're not your education and, and I I wrestle with that in early years because I, I don't have um, my certificate of education I dropped out because my church told me Jesus was coming back that year we would got to win the world before he came so I dropped out I never graduated and I wrestled with that because the pressure around me was to define me by my education define you by your culture people look at me and they say well he's a Brit and therefore no you you don't define a person by their race their color their culture you know and that ghastly thing in Time magazine it comes out every year doesn't it the, the, the title on the cover is what is he worth and then, then they proceed to give the salaries and the financial worth of individuals uh, and say now okay he's worth no you, your worth is not in your salary good grief many of those chaps who have vast salaries they don't know who they are because for a while they believe they were their finances and because that all drops to pieces who are you you know position you say I'm a CEO well I'm very glad what an opportunity to love people as a CEO but that's not who you are that's what you do who you are is then you do things but who are you what's your status and so on I could keep going you see the truth is that only God the Father through Jesus the Son knows who you are a bit shocking isn't it but it says Matthew 11 verse 25 I think Jesus said the most outrageous thing he said no one knows the Son except the Father whoa Jesus was saying of himself no one knows the Son I, he was saying I cannot be defined he the Son of God having assumed our humanity from within that humanity he said I, 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 I'm not defined by people I'm not defined by what you say or you say I'm not defined by what happens events and I'm not even defined by what I would sit and think I listen to the Father only the Father knows the Son what a statement if Jesus said that I am quite willing to say the same no one knows me except the Father and he revealed in Jesus all his thoughts and it was that Father that said to Jesus 
on the banks of the baptism, he said, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus constantly referred to that witness of the Father as to who he was. And the Father in Jesus, and then through the Holy Spirit, bringing that Jesus to us, reveals to us who we are. You see, you hear me. I'm, I'm speaking through the lies that we've been told. I'm speaking through the ignorance. I'm speaking through all those depressing thoughts that tell you 1,200 words a minute that you're no good. I'm speaking through it in the name of the Lord Jesus. That you are one who is in Christ Jesus. That you are one of the people of God. You are known and beloved in the mind and the thoughts of God and that love toward you was revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that that Jesus came and joined us in our innermost self, got inside of us, shared our humanity, entered then into our sin and guilt and shame, took it to himself. And in the middle of all that darkness whispered in your ear, I've come to get you. I've come to rescue you. He's the ultimate... Special Ops. He came from heaven right into the guts of the ghetto of sin and satanic oppression where you and I lived in ignorance and darkness and thought this is what we deserved. And God in Jesus put his arms around us and carried us out. And then gave the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit within us is continually working to open our inside eyes open our eyes so that we might see who we really are. Because once we see who we are, once we can see who God the Father sees us as and see, in fact, who we are reflected in the face of Jesus, I wake up, I look around, I've entered a new world. The Old Testament phrase was that we are his people called by his name. Called. It's, it's uh, the word of, of the surname. It, it's like Malcolm who is called by Smith. It, it's, I, that's my family. That's my roots. That's my genes. The Smith bunch. I, I'm called by that. So it says you're called by his name. You are a part of the family of God. You have the Holy Spirit bringing to the very genes of the family, love. And all this, who you are, is not because you tried hard. It's not the sum total of all your struggles. It's what he did. It's what he's doing. He takes the initiative. Who are you? Back there in the half-light of the Old Testament. Yeah, you know, before we saw the full light in Jesus, in that half-light, Moses is having this time with 
the Lord that we, we read about, Exodus 33. And he, in the presence of the Lord, is, is, is coming to see more clearly the identity of Israel and of himself as part of Israel. Oh, you, you've got to hear this. It's who you are. It's not what you one day want to be. It's not where I may. No, this is who you are. You might not have realized it yet. You, you, you might not have put it into behavior and action, but joined as you are to Jesus, you are this definition of Moses taken to limitless dimensions. The covenant people, those that... God has bound himself to. That, that was in the Old Testament. That has now come into full focus in the new that the Father has bound himself to you through the blood of Jesus and is now dwelling in you through the Holy Spirit. Beloved. In fact, to these people that Moses was speaking about in the Old Testament, in Exodus 19, the Lord says they are my special treasure. The Lord is with you. That, that defined them. They were the people, they were the group, the company that could say of themselves, declare their identity as the Lord is with us. And so they would, over the centuries to follow this, greet one another by saying, the Lord be with you. It was their signature. It was the footprint that they made in the ancient world. Does that make sense? Where these people were, they left the footprint of being a people with whom God dwelled. And when they say, with, with, that is, he's not disconnected. He's not up there somewhere. He's not the man in the sky. He's with us, with us. If he's with us, the word, it's a, it's a word of love. It's a word of at least affection. It, it, it means I'm with you. When you're going through a hard time and someone puts their hand on your shoulder and says, I'm with you, it means they're throwing in their lot with you. They're standing with you. The Lord is with you. He's for you. He's on your side with you. It means his protection is around you. He shall preserve you. He will provide for you. He's with you. He's sharing your history, you see. He's, he's, your history is his history. Your challenges, your opportunities, he's sharing them with you, together with. The Lord is with. That's what the whole thing uh, was about with Moses. And he favored, as I said last time we were together, favored. It, it, it means that a person ha has a bias and it's an intentional bias. They favor that one. They're biased toward them. Do you realize the love of God is biased toward you? And that word sometimes in the Old Testament is translated grace. And, and grace, what does grace mean? You say, well, it means, you know, undeserved favor. Yes, I've heard that one. Undeserved favor. A very passive 
Very blah, undeserved favour. Yes, it is undeserved favour, but grace is the almighty power of God to achieve in your life what His grace offers you. Yes, it's just not undeserved favour. It is the almighty power of that favour actualizing in your life what that favour desires to give you. And as I said, distinguished. You stand out, he says, from all other peoples on earth. Why? Because the Lord is with you. Which means the presence, the Lord himself, creator, redeemer, savior, lover. The Lord is with you. His presence goes with you. That changes everything. Change That's who you are. And you might be in this status you might be in this tribe or that tribe or the other tribe it means that you you might have money you might not have so much but you have in common that binds you together as covenant people the lord is with you lord is with you and, and with you distinguished from separated from all other peoples on the earth meaning you're not one of the ever-changing, ever-morphing persons of the world system. You know, uh, you people that are up here in my age, you, you've seen it. There comes a point in time where you don't bother anymore. The world changed its mind this morning. Well, <laughs> how many mind changes have I lived through in the last 76 years? I mean, change its mind. Some, you see, the scientists that are blabbing about the the heating up of the planet today were the same ones back there, what, 20 years ago, who were saying we're going to freeze to death, the world is cooling. Oh, they changed their mind. That stuff where they, they say if you eat this it will kill you then five years later they say we changed our mind it, you need to eat it I just forget it the world it's, it's the amoeba ever changing never quite get your fingers on it it's that mass of thoughts and ideas and feelings and excitements and depressions changing, changing, changing and it's changing so fast if you don't have this phone, you're not with... Everybody's got the phone. You've got to get one. Even though it's $700, you've got to get it to be... Well, next week they've got another one out. It changed and changed and changed. Everybody's wearing this. Have you noticed on TV all the women now have the same length of hair? They're all getting hair pieces. Can't anybody look in the mirror, know their uniqueness and be them, themselves, instead of just always being what other people are doing and being. And i got to be like everybody else. got to dress like everybody else. I've got to be part of the system. Got to be part of this living creature thing called the, the world. Oh, oh, hear it, you, the people of God, you are distinguished. You stand out. You're not searching in every new fad, hoping this is finally you found your destiny, the meaning of life, the purpose of life. In the new toothpaste, you'll find life. 
No, you just smile at those people because you found the meaning of life. You found the Lord is with you. His presence fills your life. So you don't look at an action and justify the action by saying, well, everybody's doing it. Yes, but you see, you're exceptional. You're distinguished. Everybody's doing except somebody who knows who they really are. Everybody's saying this except those who know better. And as the recession and everything that's happening in the world today in terms of finance and economy ravages the minds and emotions and hopes and <coughs> futures of people, except <coughs> those who know <coughs> that God is their Father, that He is with them. See, David in Psalm 3, and I've referred to this so many times, but you know, the psalm begins, so many say of my soul, and, and the, the words there, how many, so many, so many, it's the voice I hear on every street corner, it's a voice that I hear inside my head as I turn on my bed at night, everybody is saying of me, there's no hope for his soul in God. It's over for David. And he comes back because he knows who he is. I don't care how many are saying that. He said, but thou, O Lord, are my shield, my glory, the lifter of my head. Psalm 23, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And, and, and it's, it's foul, rank smell oppresses me. But I will fear no evil because you are with me. That changes everything, you see. Everything. My identity determines how I look at life. And my identity, along with these people in the twilight of the gospel, my identity is the fullness of that. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. His presence goes with us. Therefore, we're favored, we're graced. And that makes us distinguished. We stand out in the world. We're different. When you know who you are, when your identity is rooted in what the Father knows you to be, defined in Jesus, placed in you, taught you by the Holy Spirit, out of such knowing out of such living in accord with God's thoughts and words and his action in Jesus toward us, out of that comes every victory, out of that comes life of joy, out of that flows love and compassion, out of that flows true strength of spirit, strength of mind, emotions, action, out of that come those exuberant explosions of praise to God in the Psalms. All comes out of, I, I know who I am in Christ. When a person does not know, whether it's because they've forgotten, or whether they knew and they've rejected it and have invented their own identity, 
or whether they are ignorant but if I don't know then out of that not knowing comes every defeat all fears all anxieties and worries all failures and falls it all comes out of that identity no wonder Moses said if your presence does not go with us if we lose this signature this this is our signature who are you our signature that we sign upon history is these are the people with whom the Lord chooses to dwell and his presence is with them that's who we are that's the footprint that we leave in history who passed this way in history obviously a people with whom God was pleased to dwell well Moses said if that's not the case then let's call it all off forget the whole thing whatever else we've seen I don't care about going through the Red Sea I don't care about ten plagues I don't care about Canaan all of that is nothing it's mere actions unless you are with us that's what it means to be the people of God nothing else see I I, I don't care what the position of gifting that you have in the body of Christ doesn't matter so you're a pastor you have gifts of healings you're a teacher you're a bishop out there a priest look do you realize what Moses was saying if your presence doesn't go with me then keep it I don't want to be a bishop I, I don't want to have gifts of healings because it would then just be mere magic I want your presence and if I can't have your presence I don't want anything that's pretty serious stuff but that's how Moses understood it and that comes to its fullest focus as I've said in Jesus and and you you know I'm sure you know the word Emmanuel when, when Jesus was named by uh, the angel who came to Joseph and, and it says you shall call his name Jesus call his name Emmanuel quoting from Isaiah chapter 8 Emmanuel it's an untranslated Hebrew word and it means God with us E-L in Hebrew God and Im is with and so Emmanuel Hebrew for God is with us Jesus is the ultimate of this phrase the phrase that has been the signature of the people of God now becomes flesh the Lord is with us that which made the Old Testament Israel who they were that presence that presence that lived in the tabernacle the temple in David's tabernacle the presence the Lord himself now with Jesus it wasn't merely I mean that's some merely what they had in the Old Testament but what we're talking about now God with us in Jesus it was not merely that the presence of God was 
alongside of us and under us and over us and no Emmanuel meant that God God creator God son would actually assume to himself our humanity our human stuff he became a human being John says he became flesh and dwelt among us not like putting on a mask not a charade not God pretending to be one of us God became one of us and in becoming one of us he, he's, he's inside of us he, he joins us there's never a situation you've been through there's never a process of thoughts that you've fought with never any part of your most secret life but that in Jesus God got inside of that and he knows your pain he knows your hurt he knows your frustration not because God knows everything but because he joined you got inside it and in our flesh he refused to believe the lies of Satan and the great moving mass of world opinion, neighbor opinion, friends opinion, family opinion. And he cut right through and chose only to believe what the Father said of him and to live from that to speak from that to act from that so it says in Acts 10.38 that Jesus as the God man it says Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good for God was with him God was with him therefore he healed all that were oppressed of the devil in Jesus heaven and earth meet he is the gate of heaven and he brings heaven's knowing what the Father really believes about you. The love of the Father that penetrates to your deepest self and past all the lies and the brokenness and the fears. He knows who he created you to be. This person defined by the Lord is with. Do you know your specialness because you are the beloved of God Jesus carried us the whole human he carried us through death he absorbed our death he took it in the shedding of his blood then he blasted death open and he carried us out and seated in heavenly places and that now is to be transmitted, it's to be actualized in the earth. Heaven, God place, God presence, actually brought into humans of earth by the Holy Spirit. And the giving of the Holy Spirit is the finale of what Jesus came to do. Day of Pentecost. Have you ever read that story? I mean really read it, slowly. What what happened on the day of Pentecost? Let me read it to you. It's it's worth the read. 
it's it's when the day of Pentecost that of course was a Jewish feast day like Passover well Pentecost came 50 days later when the day of Pentecost fully come they were all with one accord in one place and then at that moment suddenly there came a sound from heaven and apparently it was a sound that reverberated over all of Jerusalem because it caused everybody to come running together. What on earth's going on? What was that sound from heaven? I, I believe it's what the Old Testament was talking about, what was anticipated when Jesus talked to Nathaniel and even what happened at his baptism. The, the word is rent the heavens. The, the Old Testament picture that the, the heavens were closed. Man's sin had closed the door of earth and heaven, and he closed it from the inside. Get away, God. And, and Isaiah prays it all that you would rend the heavens, rip that open, come down, let heaven be joined to earth. Jacob's ladder, the idea that there was a ladder, you, there was a connection, a communication between heaven and earth. And then Jesus in John chapter 2 said that he was that ladder, the connection. Day of Pentecost is that finally becoming a reality to us humans. The sound of heaven being opened. Heaven has come to earth in the day of Pentecost. That's what you are. You're the body of Christ. You are the very presence of the God thoughts, God power, God action here in the midst of earth. What did Jesus say of you? He says that you're in the world, but you're not of it. And it said, sound of a wind, a wind. And that's, um, you know, in the Greek language, the word wind is the same word as spirit. That's interesting. Because one never knows which way to translate it. It's based on the context. And so our translators said there was a sound from heaven. And it was as of, it doesn't say was, it was, it was like, he said, it was like a, a, a mighty rushing wind. Well, as I said, that word wind could as easily be translated spirit. And, and the next verse would suggest that's a jolly good idea, that the sound from heaven, the opening of heaven into earth, was the sound of Holy Spirit. And it says that sound was of a rushing, mighty wind. The word rushing, I'm sorry, I hate to do this with words, but you really should know these things mean a little bit more than it seems sometimes. That word rushing, everywhere else in the New Testament that it's translated, they've translated it as bringing, bearing, or they brought to him. It, it, it's the picture of the Holy Spirit bringing all the promises and designs and the desires of God the Father through God the Son. Now the Holy Spirit is the bringer. He bears heaven into earth. And it says that it was like, didn't say it was, but it was like tongues of fire, the fire of God love. And that fire sat upon each of them and then filled them. First time that humans 
were now filled with the Holy Spirit as Jesus had been. A new race has come into existence. A new kind of human. The Lord is with them, but with them as never experienced before. All of heaven ripped open the Holy Spirit himself coming, bearing to us all that heaven is and filling us. So with is not just here or here. The Lord is with us. He has come to be with the deepest us within us. And you see, that's who you are. You are that by God's initiative. You're that by God's action. You're, you are by God's promise. He did this when Jesus suffered, died, shed his blood, rose from the death, ascended, gave the Holy Spirit. This is what happened for you. It's not just a, a remote fact of history. It's an ever-present reality. When you believed upon Jesus, this is the company that you were joined into. You realize it. God is not distant, disconnected. He is closer than your very breath. He is one with your innermost being. In him you live and move and have your being. But also in you he lives and moves and has his being. You are distinguished. Please understand this. You are distinguished. Holy Spirit, open their eyes. You are distinguished. You are different. You are beloved. You are presenced. The Holy Spirit is within you. He is bearing the divine love of God into you and then out through you. What does it say? The Father himself loves you. Jesus said, my joy, my joy, my peace, my glory, I give to you. That's you. And he says, go, love one another as I have loved you. Love with the very love of God. And didn't he say, the works that I do, you shall do also. Oh, religion, that filthy religion has taught you that's all for an elite company of people. And usually they have a cutoff date back, I don't know when. Doesn't happen anymore, those liars tell you. They, they have taken the very guts of the New Testament and thrown it away in the name of theology. A vile, lying theology that says Jesus is not the same. The Holy Spirit is not here. You're on your own, buddy. No, you're not. This, this is your experience. This is who you are. You're distinguished. The Father himself loves you. You. Jesus said, and he said it originally to a bunch of peasants... You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You, distinguished? Yes, you're the familiar 
of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He knows you by name. You are welcome at his kitchen table. The New Testament calls that boldness to come to the throne of grace. You set up a, and that's at all times. At all times. Don't get religious on me and think this only happens in church or when you're praying. The Lord is with you. You are favored. You are blessed. You are beloved in the grocery store. You are that distinguished, beloved child of God as you sweat over the stove in the kitchen and do the laundry. As you are in that corporation with all its stresses, but you are presenced. When you are playing baseball and watching boxing, the Lord is with you. You don't drop in and out of him. He has made your life his life. And the Holy Spirit is working in you to open your eyes. As he works in me to open my eyes to see through identity that I might know who I truly am. And for me, it's been a lifetime journey. See, for many, who are you? And they will say, I'm a Baptist. I'm Assemblies of God. I'm Episcopal. I'm Roman Catholic. <sighs> no, you're not. No, you're not. That's a very much, that's way down the list as to who you are. That just is where you happen to have chosen to hang out on a Sunday. I, who am I? And I go to many churches. How many just this last Sunday you went and all the preacher did was remind you of insignificance and your worthlessness and your sinner fills you with shame and guilt and then gloats over the fact you come forward and he can write it down that so many answered the altar call. Our religious mantra is I'm only a sinner saved by grace. What's that other thing that they stick on the back of their car? Huh. What is it? Just forgiven. Just forgiven. Yeah. Oh, how cramped is our life when we are as big as the universe in Christ. We're at a standstill. We're stuck in a religious traffic jam filled with our anxieties and fearfulness and cowering in the darkness when we are the creatures of light in Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit to be the givers of peace and the givers of joy and spreading abroad love. Who are you? Looking through the spectacles, those lenses supplied by Satan, lies as to who you are, put-downs diminishing you. Still, you've got those lenses given to you by your great-grandfather that diminishes you, your ancestors' evaluation of you and where you're going, which is nowhere, your culture, your race, your address, 
your church affiliation, all of that. That's who I, no, no, no. Have you got it? Who are you? You are a Christ in you person. And you can never be separated from that. You can't say, well, it's Monday, so I'm just me. Gotta go to work. No. You're a Christ in you person who goes to work. You are a presenced person. The Lord is with you in every moment. We, we don't always feel like that. Don't always feel like in fact, this is a very important point. I've only got a couple of seconds to say it, but I don't always feel like that. No, but you see, can you? My faith is not built on hormones. So you're having a bad hormone day. Well, <laughs> that's not who you are. That's the collection of chemicals in your body. I feel sad. Well, as many reasons may be, that's the way you feel. But don't you ever dare say, I am. Do you see the difference? I hear people. I am depressed. I am broke. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's not who you am for am is speaking of who you are. There are many feelings here, and I, I can say my feelings and just let them pass by. I'm feeling like that today. It's not who I am. It's not who I am. I am this man in Christ. You are that woman in Christ. You're not your feelings. I'm in situation, but the situation doesn't define me. There are many appearances, but those appearances don't define me. Pe what people say to me, what people say about me, that's not me. That's their opinion. Come back with me. Come deep, deep. Come down inside of you where the Holy Spirit is one with you. And in that Spirit you are one with the Father and the Son and know who I am. Am. I am in Christ. I am in his abundance of life. I am his joy. I am his peace. That's who I am. Whatever I'm feeling, which I don't deny, I acknowledge it. I'm not bothered by it. So I'm feeling it, it passes through and on its way. I am graced. I am favored. I am distinguished, for I am filled with the presence. The presence. You bring this to every moment. You know, Joseph, that story of Joseph at the end of Genesis, he was a slave. He'd been sold. That's not a good way to start off. But he ha had been sold into slavery. And he went to the house of that Egyptian Potiphar. A godless man worshipped actually probably, well, I don't know how many thousands of possible deities. And And... Joseph went in there in the earliest streaks of dawn in terms of what we're talking about. He was right there in Genesis when, when this was just beginning to come to actually just to his family. Abraham and Joseph went there and he knew the Lord was with him. 
And he knew therefore the Lord blessed him and favored him. He's a slave. And he goes into the house of Potiphar, but he says, everything I touch, the Lord touches, for the Lord is with him. And it says, read the story over and over as this slave in the house of Potiphar. And it says that whatever he touched, the Lord blessed him. And it says, and the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. And it resulted in promotion. Of course it did. You know. And, and it, all of that was his life. That was his life. You go into whatever you want, your corporation, go into your neighborhood, go, go into the PTA, whatever, and, and understand you now who live at the end. You're in the new covenant with the Holy Spirit, your very life and breath. Look at yourself. How do you see yourself? Look at yourself. You are Joseph on steroids. Because now when you go into your corporation... And you deal with the problems and the paperwork and the decisions of that corporation. But the Lord is with you. There's a wisdom. There's a creativity. There's an insight. As well as being a joy and a radiance and a light. But the Lord is with you. And the Lord blesses you. But when you touch your company's business, the Lord blesses them for your sake. Read Joseph. When you do your housework and when you are found in, as I say, the grocery store, the Lord blesses you. The Lord is with you, giving you insight and discernment. Well, my time is gone. Uh, we're not going to leave this. This is too good. And so we're going to follow this on to see how this works out in life. And, and next time will be a much more detailed and more practical application of this. Uh, one thing, um, the first week of December this year, uh, we are having our winter retreat in San Antonio, Texas, in the Drury Inn and Suites. And it's uh, from Friday evening through Saturday and Sunday at first weekend of December. And our subject, just to throw out a title, it is love, the Spirit's power. We don't often think of love as being power, but that is the ultimate power of God. So I'd love you to join. Last time we had a retreat there, a bunch of you came, and I met you. We've only met on the screen, and I, we met. It was great. So if you can come, call our office, and it's the first weekend of December, our winter retreat, but hurry, space is limited. Well, and now, the blessing of God, who is almighty love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, His blessing, His favor, be upon you, be in you, be through you, distinguishing you from every other person on the planet cause you to leave the imprint of his love wherever you go. So I bless you and declare that is the way it is. Amen.